but God also is God. And that is part of our faith. What happens in this scripture, we're going to start at the 11th verse, Brad. We're going to start with the good fight, and then we're going to work our way into what it means to be a Christian who battles in the world that we live. Even today, while we are here, there are individuals in this congregation who are showing extraordinary strength. Not by by only their presence, but by their spirit of hope and love. You are a warrior. You are a fighter in the good fight of faith. This has been a struggle. I don't know if it's me being a smith or if it's somehow something from my culture. But my people fight really good. We fought in a revolution. I've got records of my ancestors who took up arms against the British trying to make us pay taxes. Can you believe that? We fought in the War of 1812. i got records. We Smiths are good fighters. We fought in the war between the states, as we Southerners call it, or as the Northerners call it, the Civil War. We fought in that battle. And that war for those four years, 1861 to 1865, We fought in the first war, fought in the second war, even at the Battle of the Bulge. We fought in Korea. My father was there. We didn't fight in Vietnam. Seemed to skip the generation. Then my brother, he went to war as a chaplain. So we Smiths are either farmers, preachers, or soldiers. And there's a few horse thieves in the background somewhere back there, but we don't talk about them. But in other words, we fight. You can ask Hannah. She's going to the school of great minds up at Duke. Can you believe that? And she's ready to take them all on. We're going to go for two people. We're not going to settle for a tie. Is that right? Why would we settle for a tie? Go for two. Why do we have to lose? So I've struggled with this idea of fighting because fighting seems contrary to the idea of peaceful and and love and hope. So how do we fight this good fight of faith? And he tells us here in the 11th verse, but as for you, man of God, shun all these things that hinder you and pursue this. And he tells us how to fight the good fight. And the first part is righteousness. And what he means by that is righteousness is right living with God. In other words, righteousness is our relationship with God. So we can't fight a good fight until we're in a relationship with the one who is on our side, who is God. And if God be for us, who can be against us? So when we fight the good fight, we have to fight on the right side. Not on the wrong side. We fight on the right side. See, righteousness is that relationship that we know God has us. And He's going to take care of us. And so we march into the battle, no matter what it is, knowing God is with us. So that's the first step of the good fight. And then we fight knowing the godliness of what we're doing. Life is hard, isn't it? 
life is hard. In our Bible study, I, I prayed right before we left. You remember, so we prayed, Miss Bacalili, how the devil wouldn't attack us. No sooner than I get home and then I get a phone call from somebody down home who's fussing about a tree overhanging their land and, and, and they, they calling me and fussing at me. The devil was waiting for me to get home to call me. There you go. See, we can't get away from it. Church can try to say it's all going to be peace and love and the whole bit, but it's tough. Life hurts. But we can't fight it unless we understand that God is good all the time. So when we enter into the battle, we don't enter into it thinking that somehow we're just part of some bigger plan like it's a game of thrones. We enter into it knowing that we are fighting in God's kingdom. In His time. With His glory. Uh, I, I just don't understand these new theologies people coming up with. You know, the idea that somehow you can have faith and not have struggle. And it's all about the state of mind instead of a state of being. I tell you right now, it's a struggle. Life is not easy. It's hard. It's hard when you face your own mortality. It's hard when you face those that you love leaving you. It's hard when you have children and you watch them grow up and then they have their lives and you wonder, could I have done more? It's hard in this world that we live. But this isn't about that. This is about God and His godliness. And how do we respond to that? The good fight means that we don't depend on self. We depend on the Lord. We depend on God. We tell the doctor, we don't, we don't need those medications. We'll just take Tylenol. We come and we work and then end up in an emergency room. <laughs> I've never liked hornets. When I was a little boy, my daddy had a church named Providence. It was out in the country there in Duplin County. And I would go to him to this church. We had four churches on the circuit. And I used to love to hear him preach. And I would just sit there. And this was an old frame wooden church. And I was sitting there in church one day. And he was preaching and it was really good. And I was noticing this waltz that was circling up above me. And I'm watching him like that. My daddy's preacher, and he's wondering, what in the world is Jerome doing, doing his head like that? I was watching that waltz, and he made a beeline, and he came right at me, and he popped me, and I screamed out. And daddy said, the spirits entered the place. <laughs> Couldn't even go to church without being attacked by one of those uh, hideous, hideous creatures. Yesterday, there were mosquitoes. Do you see that, children? You know what that is? That's a blister underneath a band-aid. Can you believe the preacher got a blister? And I didn't do hardly any work, did I, Sam? It was a pitiful state of work. I was like raking like this here. They were tearing into all that pine straw, and I was like pulling it back going, Oh, Lord, it's terrible. Sam said to me, he said, Can you lift up this tomato plant over here? There's tomato plant. I said, no. And he said, what? And I said, I, I got a skin condition, Sam. I can't do that. <laughs> and Sam went, what? 
And then, of course, uh, Sir Harold, he came in and protected me. He jumped in and helped. I'm just trying to work a little bit here. I, I don't want to break a sweat, you know. But life is hard. And we respond by not believing in we can do it. But we respond by believing God can do it. God can do it. When you're young, you think you can do it all. When you start to get older, you realize you need help. You need help. I love for when Hannah comes home, she can wait on me. Does anybody else have this? Hannah waits on me. Huh? Yeah? Um, I need some soda. I need some juice. And Hannah, she'll go get it for me. She's a little girl. I yeah, used to have her. She'd get my slippers for me. Uh, and uh, Leona, she don't believe in that kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> and I got to get up out the chair. And I don't want to get up out the chair. And the chair's there. And I'm in the chair. And Hannah comes home. And even got Sam taking care of me now. <laughs> Sam's going to bring me some banana pudding today because it's Leona's birthday. And we're at Bailey Road. There she is. She got a birthday. She's five years old. You tell her that was my favorite year when I was five. I was the perfect little boy. I love being five more than anything. I see you. Happy birthday. We respond by believing in God. So that when we go into this battle that we're going into, we're not going in defeated. We're going in on the side that wins. And we respond to that battle with love. Love not of the bad things, because bad things are bad. We love God in the good things. We know that God has given us the strength. And this love it gives us the power to endure. Do you see a pattern starting to emerge here? And that endurance produces within us a gentleness. A gentleness. Not a raging bull that's going to take on the world and beat them all. But we become at peace. And you remember that first part of the Scripture? It said contentment. Contentment. And contentment doesn't come by a state of mind. It comes by a state of heart. It's where we're going to be okay. And I can tell you, it's, it's hard. There are times we don't know. But we're going to be okay. You know what I'm talking about. You've been there before. You've seen it before. That moment in life that you didn't know if tomorrow would come. Yet you trusted in God enough and your heart is content enough. And when you close your eyes, you know you'll wake up to a new day with a new opportunity and a new joy to be alive. We're talking about an eternal thing here. That God is fighting this temporal world with an eternal truth. He's saying to us, just a little bit longer. Just, just, just carry it a little bit longer. Just walk a little bit longer. Just take another step. It'll be over soon. You don't need to worry about it. And then you're going to have eternity at your fingertips. And you don't need to worry about this. And you heard the story of the rich man there in Hades looking up at Abraham and looking up at Lazarus and saying, oh, but if I could just taste some water and get some relief from this torment that I'm in. And God says, where were you during this battle of earth? You were not on the side 
side of right. You were on the side of wrong. You didn't care about people. You only cared about yourself. You lost sight of what this is all about. Are you happy and content in this faith? See, the gentleness here is not about our gentleness, but God's gentleness in us that we accept this faith. Now let's go back to the beginning, the sixth verse. We're going to wrap this up. Of course, there is great gain in godliness combined with contentment. It's hard to be content. We want the next best thing, don't we? We want the new iPhone 11. You know, have you seen the cameras on this thing? It's got three cameras, and it's got a camera on the front. And every camera takes a better picture. It's amazing. It, we, we, we're not satisfied. We want a new watch. This is one watch. They got a newer one than this one. I need a new one. Every day is my birthday, by the way. Isn't that the way it is? <laughs> I told Wayne I wasn't going to talk about him, but I got to tell this, Wayne. I got to. I got to. As you know, Wayne had surgery. He's supposed to be a duke right now, but he escaped. He got away from that place. Amen. <laughs> I want you to know that he had this surgery. And... um. He went down and visited the children's section of Duke. And Wayne's got this thing where he collects, you know, Barbie dolls, and he puts, believe it or not, Duke cheerleading dresses on Barbie dolls. I don't understand that. It could be Carolina, but he has Duke. And he took these dolls down to the children's hospital. Here he is in pain, hurting, just been through major surgery, yet he thought of the children. That's righteousness. Wayne, that is contentment. That is saying, I may be in a tough spot, but I'm going to help those who are in a tougher spot. That's what it means to fight the good fight. I've done ministry for 34 years. A large part of that was doing ministry at a retirement village when I was at Wesley Pines down in Lumberton. And I watch people as they go through the struggle of life and all the things that come about because of life. And it's just amazing how people that when they find themselves with such heavy weights are often the signs and the symbols and the example of what true faith is about. Because they trust in God. They have found contentment. Whatever my lot may be, it is well with my soul. In the next part of this verse, we get down to really what it's all about. The seventh verse, Brad. We brought nothing into this work. We, we did. I tell you the truth, doctor slapped me and I wanted to slap him back, you know. I've been at all, you know, all three births of my children. I, I'm, I'm that generation of male that was forced to do that, and I, I was forced, I'll tell you. And I still, I, I still remember, I remember when Hannah was born. That was a crying baby. She cried. We brought nothing into this world, but God has given us everything. So we can take nothing out of it except what he has given us. So examine your life. 
and examine what He has given you. He's given you your children. And you've got to fight for your children. You can't give up on your children. Because sometimes you're the only thing standing between them and that chasm. Don't give up on the children. He has given us each other. We're not alone in this thing. Oh, John, I know I didn't do a lot yesterday. I only raked just a little bit. Honestly, it was pitiful. I would have fired me if I'd have been the boss man. I'd have just fired me. You, you don't work for him. But I did get a blister, boss man. I got a Band-Aid. We're in this together. Right? We may take nothing out of this world, but we sure don't leave alone. I've seen people cross over. I've seen them go to the other side. I've been there. At the moment, they transferred from this place to the next. And just like my dad, they're reaching for somebody. They're seeing a tunnel of light. They're seeing hope. They're seeing those that have gone before. We do not leave alone. We leave with a cloud of witnesses that accepts us right into the presence of the living God. We do not leave alone, though we carry nothing with us except what God has given to us, and that is hope in Jesus the Christ. We can have food and we can have clothing. And these are things of this world. But we need more than this in heaven. We need a new robe. We need a white robe. We need a washed, cleansed robe. And we need the food of the Gospel. We need hope. And we need the manna from heaven. We need the bomb from Gilead. We need hope. Because this is a world that I tell you right now, I'm not going down without a fight. I'm facing the big, awesome Clemson with three layers of talent beyond mine. And I'm driving the field and going forward on every fourth down. And I'm going for that two-point conversion. And I'm going to fall across the line. And even if I lose, I'm going to leave it on the field because that's all I've got of this world. It's, Paul, it's called the human spirit. It's called the Spirit of God. We're going into an age that we're going to face the most adversity of any age that's ever lived. And you may say, well, that seems overdramatic. It is so true. We are living on the cusp of major wars between people with hatreds that go back century and eons. We're facing doom, it seems, every single day from threats that are coming from without and within. We're fighting among ourselves and we're the most free people on earth. We're facing great adversity and great odds. And the giant is great who's coming against us. But God would raise up among us the little child. And that little child would take those three pebbles, those rocks, and will cast it into the face of the giant and he shall fall because this is not about him. This is about our God who is able. That's the good fight. That's the fight that makes you ready to go into life and say, it's going to be okay, children. You don't need to worry. It's going to be alright. I may not be with you, but God is with you and who can be against you. But I love you. 
And that love is more than enough. Then the most amazing thing that happened that Wayne told me this morning. I thought he would tell me about the little children playing with the dolls. And that indeed is what happened. But he told me that the doctors and nurses started playing with the dolls. <laughs> Imagine that. Those that every day have to fight the battle of going in and seeing the brokenness of our own children. Even they need love and contentment and hope and life. I know because you have told me, and some have not, I know you're facing a battle right now. I know at times you feel alone. I know at times you're saying, I, I don't know if I can do this. I, I don't know if I can handle this. But if God be with us, who can be against us? He didn't bring us here to abandon us. He brought us here to show us what He could do. So when we're in that valley, He's saying you're not alone. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That means God is enough. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. In other words, He makes me face the good and embrace the good. He leads me beside the still waters. Life isn't all bad. Life is far more good than bad. Life is about love, about living. He leads me through the valley, even of the shadow of death. And I've seen the shadow. He is not our friend. He is our enemy. He is truly the one we're fighting against. The devil's just a side note. He's a sidekick of death. Death is the enemy. And death is the one that our Lord Jesus Christ has conquered on the cross in the empty tomb. So as we go through this time together, put on that armor and get ready to fight the fight of your life. And when it comes, just reach for God. And God, He'll reach for you. Amen. Um, oh, there it is. I lost my Band-Aid for a minute. I, I was getting worried that my Band-Aid disappeared, John. I was, because that's my scar. I got to show my scar, you know. People, you don't know how tough it is raking pine straw. It's tough. And I'm being outworked by some people that I, I, don't, I don't understand that. But Lord, help me just get a little bit more. And those mosquitoes, they're, they're, they're not against me. Well, they're sort of not for me either. There were lots of mosquitoes, folks. They were swarming. 
And they say they go after the sweetest person. And they were after me bad. It was terrible. But I want you to know the job got done. I want you to know the life got lived. I want you to know that this smith has fought. And God has won. Man, what's our final hymn? Okay.